Hello, welcome back to the Floating Through Film podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Luke, and today it is our first episode of our Federico Fellini retrospective. Um, and to start off, we are doing his more neo-real, his neorealist movies, basically. And neorealist is in quotation marks because yes. he kind of extends the boundaries of it, uh, as we will talk about today. But first, let me introduce my co-hosts, Blake and Danny. Hello. And uh, I just want to ask you guys, uh, before we get into the movies, uh, I'll start with you, Blake. Um, what is your exposure to Fellini so far? Um, you know, what, what have you seen from him? What do you know about him? And what are your overall thoughts right now before you get into most of his movies? Yeah, so you guys know this. Um, my, fir- my first Fellini movie was his last one because it was leaving movie <laughs> at the time. And I was like, fuck it, I'll watch it. And I was like, I don't know what I just watched. <laughs> and, so, and so after that, I, have, I just haven't, I've never gotten around to like Italy in general. Like I, I've seen like, I think, the Apostle series that Rossellini did. Okay. But, like, I just haven't watched a lot, a ton of Italian cinema that's not, like, Giallos or something like that. Okay. You know, so, like, I'm excited to get into the neorealist stuff and, like, just Fellini in general because these first two movies are definitely good. Yeah. Well, you're not going to stay in neorealism too long, so don't don't (laughs) get comfortable. (laughs) Don't get comfortable. Uh, No, Fellini will never let you get comfortable. That's one of the things you can say about him. Oh, definitely. All right. So, Danny, what do you think? So, um, obviously, just... I mean, this is true for anyone that once they get into, especially international movies, uh, you're gonna run into Fellini's name pretty quickly, especially you know with Eight and a Half and stuff. Yeah. So you always know about him, even if you don't watch his movies. Yeah. But um, and so it's kind of one of those directors. Like I, I've definitely I've watched Rossellini, um, and I've watched some Italian neorealist movies, like obviously Bicycle Thieves. I really like. Yeah. We talked about. But I never really got to Fellini yet, really. Just for like. Honestly, like, a lot of lot Dolce Vita, like, just looking at it on Letterboxd and stuff, it looked like almost three hours, and it didn't oh, look man. that interesting to me. I was the exact and, opposite. I was like, this, look, this movie looks so interesting, right? <laughs> see, <laughs> Before well, I watched I thought, it. But see, that kind of ties into how I got, actually, what got me to watch him was you. Yeah. You always talked about him, and you, you, yeah. you basically loved him right away. Oh, yeah. And then, I, when we had started this podcast, I knew that you were going to pick him eventually. I didn't know this maybe this soon, but I just decided to watch him, you know, because we had kind of done some Italian New Realist stuff, and I was like, yeah. well, maybe it's time. Yeah, and the fact that he had written movies for Rossellini, yeah, um, before he you know kind of started directing. I love Rossellini; he's like one of my all-time favorites. So, I mean, I knew I wasn't gonna dislike him, okay. but now actually talking about the movies I've seen, which is I've seen most of his now, kind of getting ready for this podcast, and okay. basically uh, my opinions of him like were what, just I didn't have a lot of opinions, but you know I, I just kind of had a vibe of maybe I won't like him as much. Okay, that's definitely wrong. Okay, you know, like yeah. I definitely like him more, and I'm really excited to go back and watch these again because he is a director for sure. For sure, that's especially in his later movies, is like filling his movies with so many ideas and yeah. like different things that are going on all at the same time. So you kind of have to watch them multiple times. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. but these opening two movies that we're doing today, it's kind of like the opposite in yeah. terms of it's like by far his, it's got to be his like two slowest movies. Maybe. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Nights I mean, of Comedy doesn't even feel slow at all, but Lestrada definitely. At it has its moments. Yeah, yeah it's it's got that you know like you said at the beginning neo realist uh, yeah. quotation marks uh, vibe to it. You know. Yeah, they're, they're the most grounded of his movies. Yes, the most grounded. That's a good way to put yeah. it. Which is not a high bar because his movies are <laughs> yeah, absolutely well, yeah, not well, grounded. Yes, but yes. Uh, um, but yeah, that's kind of how I got introduced mainly because through you, like yeah. you're the one who finally got me to watch him. So. Yeah, that's that's my that's my strategy. I, I love a director and then I pressure you to watch. Oh, him, that's you know? I mean yeah. that's what this podcast is. We're pressuring you <laughs> to watch movies. <laughs> Because, dude, I, had, I would probably would have put off Ghibli for a few years if Blake hadn't been like, okay, we're doing Ghibli. <laughs> yeah, when did Discover Talk When did Discover Talk Yeah, yeah see, so that would have been crazy. That would have been a disaster. Right. I mean, Miyazaki, 
I lie. I lie. Okay. I'm going to delete that. I'm going to delete that. We will not delete that. We were going to suppose Danny. But, uh... But yeah, Luke, you give us why yeah. Fellini. You know why, why Fellini? Cause... So I'll give Mike's vote. How how I discovered yeah. Fellini uh, was probably I think whenever I started a film, I always I quickly discovered what Eight and a Half was, and always a movie. It's a movie that when I was first getting into movies, like it always looked like a I don't like this movie is like a bunch of directors having their top tens. You know, it looks so mm-hmm. like like yep, yeah, you're gonna see about it for challenging. Sure. Yeah. You know, super like it's kind of like the. It's like it's like sometimes I see movies, uh, when I watch movies, it's like at the top of a peak that I feel like mm-hmm. I have to get to, mm-hmm. which honestly, as I go on more on, I feel like that's bullshit. But yes. anyway, uh, so and then one day I think uh, it was early 2021, uh, I watched Eight and a Half on HBO Max, and I had mixed feelings about it. I didn't really love it to be oh. honest, and it it, it, it felt a bit overwhelming, like all the stuff yes, he was throwing yes. at me. It's it's not. I would never recommend Eight and a Half as someone's first Fellini movie. <laughs> Damn. But See, that's interesting because I, I feel like that is most people's first Fellini movie. Yeah, and I. It's definitely his most popular. You de- I feel like you definitely yeah, need to build up, and it's uh, maybe a lot of them to build up. To kind of, I think it's also just not only do you have to like get used to his style, but it's also more. It's one of his most fascinating parts about his career is mm-hmm. you know his transformation from you know neorealism to surrealism, but. Uh, I, uh, I watched it, it kind of put me off of Fellini, because I was like, I don't know if I like him, but then I watched uh, Night's Cabiria, and I was like, holy shit. Okay, maybe I, maybe I like Fellini, you know, like, maybe Fellini's for me. And then I watched La Strada, and I was like, this is pretty good, and then I got the Fellini set, early 2022, and then I decided, I was like, I'm just going to go through his movies, and then I fell in love. <laughs> so, uh, to me, what attracted me most to Fellini was just... As you were saying, his complex, you know, his fantastical. I just love how full of energy his movies feel. How, how just alive mm. a lot of it feels, and how he. I thought I feel like his movies are always so interesting to think about, you know. And you can they're so rewatchable and just a lot of things. And it, it's I, I love directors that are like that. And uh, yeah, Fellini was definitely that for me. Um, I guess probably should go and get to the movies now. Oh. So our first movie is La Strada, um, uh, made in 1954. Um, it is a, uh, it was kind of the movie that kind of put him on the map internationally. Uh, Ivy Toloni was also a hit, but La Strada was what made him international. Um, uh, and funny enough, it, you know, international was accepted so well, but in Italy, like, it got mixed reviews from all these critics, like, mm-hmm. especially left-wing critics, because, uh, they, uh, uh, it's, uh, I, I read online that it, it got mixed reception with critics on the left objecting to its lack of social realism and spiritu- spirituality of its ending. Now, if you expect me to explain what that means, I wouldn't be able to do that. But <laughs> interesting to know that. Um, it also won the Oscar for Best Foreign Language Film in 1957. Uh, okay, so this so, was his first Oscar? Yeah, and which he, he won. like He won one from Nights of too for Best Foreign and Eight and a Half. Like... He was popular overseas and or in America. Yeah, America especially. especially. Um, so uh, another uh, cool tip that I found about this movie before we get into the actual one is uh, the cast. Now, Julietta Messina, his wife, uh, is a star of this movie and Knights of Cabiria, and of course she's amazing. She's like mm-hmm. she kind of she's a big part of why these movies are so good. Like, if yep. if it was anyone but Julietta Messina, like would these movies even be as good? I don't know. That's the thing, like... No, they wouldn't. Yeah, it's... Especially... 
Yeah, no, they just wouldn't be. Yeah, like. Team. Maybe Lestrada, but Knights Kabiri is irreplaceable. But that's the thing. I was about to say the opposite. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, maybe Knights Kabiri. Because, yeah. dude, her face does so much carrying in Lestrada. It does like Knights Kabiri, too. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's hard to... It's a I, can't, I, can't, I can't imagine... It, it does it different ways, though. Yeah, like, that's I mean, she literally ways. puts on the clown makeup, like, Susan yeah. Tramp or something in Lestrada. Yeah, okay, yeah. You know? Like, it's... And, like, her... Well, like, when we get to the actual movie, we'll talk yeah. about it more, but, um, like, basically she's indispensable yeah. to the movie, and, and he knows that, too. Yeah, and when, uh, when he was bringing out the studios, because he, he had trouble finding this movie, um, and he was actually going to do this before Ivy Toloni, but he couldn't get it, so he made Ivy Toloni, and then, okay. which got him, basically, okay. the, uh, so studio this, support to make Lestrada. This was his intention to be his first movie. Uh, well, no, he made movies before. Oh, yeah, like uh, a studio movie. Yeah, yeah, but okay. this was, like, you know, his first yeah. his movie, okay. I feel like. Okay. He wanted it to be, at least. Um... But so, did you even mention that they were married? Uh, yeah, I did okay. mention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were married, which is I, I don't I don't know how they met to be honest. I didn't um, see that. I don't, I don't know. It's uh, oh yes, okay, I remember because it's in the Fleeny on Fleeny book that I started. Okay. Um, they met because Fleeny was writing uh like, like uh short fiction plays or whatever they they called them like radio plays. Okay. For like radio, and she was a voice actor in one of them. Oh, okay. That he wrote a series for or something, and that's oh, how they met. So she was originally a voice actor too, which is which honestly you not surprising. Tell, like, her voice, like, no, no. I think I say her face too, but it's just everything well, about her. her like, I feel her like with voice, I feel like the voice actors they they do expressions while doing yes, it because you exactly. have to. That's yeah. the, that's like, the you have key to word though. Expressions. Yeah. Your, your expressions are yeah. amazing. Your like, personality is your voice. Yeah. Voice yes, acting yes. basically. Yeah. No, I love. It, it feels like he just saw he just saw her and said, "Oh wow, female Charlie Chaplin." Yeah, I will marry you. Both worlds, you're a woman yeah. and Charlie Chaplin. Okay. Oh, man. oh, that's amazing. Uh, but uh, I was not only was I going to bring her up, but Anthony Quinn because the, the story how they how he got casted is honestly hilarious. Um, she uh, he and Julieta Messina worked on a movie together. I don't know what movie. I uh, can't remember, but um, basically Fellini uh, Julieta Messina to, uh, he met. Fleeny met, uh, what's his name again? I already forgot. I already forgot. Uh, Anthony Quinn. He, he met Anthony. So Ant- is this Zampano? Uh, yes, yeah, Zampano, okay, okay. director, uh, actor. Um, he, uh, met him. Fleeny met him. And Fleeny, once he met him, Fleeny would not stop bothering about being in La Strada. And to the point where, uh, Anthony Quinn didn't really even know who Fleeny was. Uh, so, like, Anthony Quinn thought he was this crazy Italian, you know, like, <laughs> nuthead, trying to get him in his movie. Until, uh... Anthony Quinn one night had dinner with uh, Ingrid Bergman and Robert Rossellini, because uh, oh. Ber- Ber- Bergman and Rossellini were yeah, married at okay. the time, and uh, they had dinner. And afterwards, they watched Ivy Toloni, oh. and then Anthony Quinn saw uh, that the crazy Italian man that was bothering about being in his yeah, movie yeah. directed this like was a genius basically. He was like, okay, okay. I'll do it, uh-huh. but okay, yeah, okay, I, okay. I, I, let's go to the movie. This yeah. is a less interesting fact. But I just want to see if you guys agree with me. Zampano looks so much like Vincent Cassell, right? I can't be the only one. I can't even put a face. Vincent Cassell, like uh, the main guy in um, La Hing. Oh, okay. But an older version of that guy. Like what in he a looks way. Like him. Yeah, I, I don't know. For some reason, he just reminds me of him a lot. I just wanted to see if you guys, but obviously you guys don't. No. Someone on the someone listening is gonna agree with. I can see what you're saying. I don't know if I completely agree with it. Okay. Okay. But anyway, let's get in the movie. Yeah, let's um, I mean. So I guess what what are y'all ever thoughts on the movie before you know we dive I guess deeper into it? I mean, what would you guys think? No, I really liked it honestly. Like I I enjoyed. It almost feels like um, like a holy fool story almost that Dostoevsky would do. Like this, like she's too good for this world almost. Yeah. yeah and like yeah. her like her soul is too pure. And maybe this is where the neo realist stuff plays in. But like this like the world kind of does do this to like 
the best people, you know? Like, you can't really, like, live with these, like, standards and actually live life, kind of. Yeah. Like, and I kind of just love the way he does that. And I, I, I love... I, like the more um, the more Chaplin I've watched, the more I've liked liked clowns and liked the circus more. So yeah. I kind of just love the setting itself. Oh yeah, and I I like her, Zapano and the fool that uh yeah. Oh, yeah. That, like I like all three of them. Yeah. I like her and Zapano's chemistry. I actually think they play pretty well together. Oh definitely. Like I, yeah. at first I thought it was gonna be a breathless situation where I was like I don't understand why she loves this guy or anything, <laughs> which but... I still don't really understand why she loves him so much. But like I I like their chemistry so much that. Yeah. I get but, it. But to me, that's part of the movie. Like, uh, like Dostoevsky's a great point, especially with the idiot. Um, that type of almost innocent, like, they're so innocent that they don't understand what's happening to them. Yeah. You know? And she kind of represents, like, innocence in a way. Yes. Like, and he, and especially, I mean, if you listen to this, you watch yeah. the movie, hopefully, you know, <laughs> uh, he kills the fool. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, like, basically, him seeing, at least how I see it, him seeing her innocence like uh even throughout that basically like he she's not really judging him but she still knows that he killed you know he killed the fool basically you know and just seeing his reaction of like basically not knowing how to deal with something like this you know like most people she still doesn't leave him but at the same time like she understands what he even asks her like why don't you just leave me yes exactly no he's always like i'll take you back to your house please just like get away from me like he just can't see her right like it's almost like it becomes way poetic like at that point you know yeah like he can't even be around innocence at that point because he knows what he did is wrong. Yeah, and, and then the ending, you know. Yeah, okay. yeah, but I mean, but we'll get there. We'll get and, there. It's, it's a, it's really just like a it feels to me like an allergy for like just an abusive relationship, you know. Yes, the, yes. The, uh, like uh, I'm seeing the scene uh, after they go out to the restaurant and he leaves her on the sidewalk and when she go, comes back to him, to me when I when I watched the scene this first time I kind of forgot what happened. And initially, I was thinking when she initially walks up to him, you think she's going to, I thought she, at least, I don't know if you guys felt the same way, but mm-hmm. I thought she was, she was going to confront him about it. Mm-hmm. But then she's like trying to wake him up. And then when he, she finally was up, she's like relieved that she, yeah. he's alive. Yeah. Yep. Um, That's a good, yes. But, uh. And, uh, cause you pointed that scene out, like, uh, what I noticed the second time watching it is like, um, you know, when she actually is sitting on that curb basically yeah. all night, yeah. um, at least in my opinion, it was like Fleeny kind of showing like she's basically like an animal or a kid because in that scene there's basically you see a horse walk by yeah uh, that's like the first animal and then you see it you hear a baby crying like in the morning basically yeah. like almost the show's like this is basically what she is to him you know like yeah. they're definitely not equals you know yeah, like that's definitely. how he treats her that's how he treats her like an animal yeah. or like a, a kid like who doesn't has no rights that's basically what she is Man. yeah i'm like zampano is such a piece of shit like oh, <laughs> yeah, he is. it's I, and um it makes the movie better that there isn't some kind of redeeming thing he does to uplift himself at the end, you know. Oh, yeah. Like it, it makes that basically that guilt he feels at the end yeah. uh, hurt even worse. Yeah. Like, like literally, like uh, I thought it was funny. Like uh, throughout the movie, he always refers to her as his assistant when uh, to girls and has his wife as to, to guys. Yeah, basically. that's a good like, point. Yeah, yeah. Especially like, that this guy. Bar scene. Yeah, yeah. That bar scene well, is he the wants first... to pick up girls. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I mean, um, I think honestly, like. My favorite part about this movie, and I wish it was like more, like all the scenes with the fool in the circus. I wish there was more of that, in my yes. opinion. I think yes. I don't love this movie, uh, partly, mostly because I feel like I think you you were telling me this like last week, like seeing where he goes, like where he like how complex he goes and how like bigger he goes. I feel like it, the movie kind of suffers from that. 
Or, okay, I don't want to say suffers because it does its job well. Like, what yeah. he's going for. It, I mean, yeah, definitely. But it, it's hard not to watch it being like, oh, imagine what, like, Fleeny in his 80s would have done. Like, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. If he was making the same story. Yeah. You know, like, was, yeah, like, it would have been way more of the full focus. You he, know, you would have got probably more which is, which is a, scenes. Which is stuff. a good thing because, you know, it shows oh, yeah. he evolved as a filmmaker. Yeah. But, um, and he would not have had just a direct kind of narrative story like this. Yeah. You know? Um, it's one of his more straightforward kind of stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, I wanted to point out one of my fun, uh, favorite moments in the movie is um uh, when uh the fool sees Zampano for the first time like when Zampano joins the circus oh, okay yeah and he's like because one of the funniest jokes throughout the movie is how basically Zampano does not change his act yeah whatsoever yeah. and like Flea basically points it out so many like, every time they go back to it, it's like the same act yep. doing the same <laughs> thing you know and uh and that and he like it's almost like that 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 dichotomy is the fool because the fool is always doing some new act and you're like how is he even doing this like he's introduced like uh eating on a table on a like on, a, on, on, a, on, on the on huge wire, line, yeah. yeah well, everyone's watching. It's, it's amazing yeah, to on see. A high, high wire. Yeah, on a high wire. Yeah. yeah, it's amazing. And then he's in the circus. He's like playing the violin while he's like doing a unicycle oh, or something. Yeah. Like <laughs> he's doing everything basically. And then Zampano is like the exact opposite. Same yeah, act. yeah. And so uh, when they meet each other for the, for the first time, uh, the fool says, "You should do the one with the chains. You haven't done the one in ages." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. And like ever since so that, that point, funny. he's just yeah. basically like picking on yeah. it. And didn't you say? I think you didn't you say that like uh, you thought Zampano was like a uh, allegory for neorealism, basically. Okay. Like but what I what, how I kind of saw the movie was almost like Zampano was. You could maybe interpret it in a way where Fleeny saw Zampano as like maybe people that wanted him to stay the same, like. Or wanted to say wanted neorealism to stay the same. Yeah. And you kind of mentioned at the very beginning how this movie and so, or these two movies are his neorealistic movies, but he yeah. is kind of breaking out. You yeah. know. Um, that's how I kind of see Julieta Massina in this movie yeah. and the Fool in some way too. Like both of those characters are kind of like they're trying to go beyond that, and that's yeah. kind of what Fleeny's career is. And yeah. we'll go throughout that over the course of the series, but yeah, it is kind of Fleeny never leaving deep down. He never leaves his whatever quote-unquote neorealistic roots yeah. right whatever that realism is but in the way he shows it it's just completely different yeah you know um, and that's kind of how i see like zampano being the old you yeah. know and he's trying to break free of that that's position. interesting because i actually read that fellini said he created the almost animal-like character of zampano because he wanted to explore the difficulty men have in communicating their feelings now i'm wondering do you guys think that's true because Fellini is known to lie known to lie well at the time at the time yeah for a lot of men well yeah even yeah even now for sure but yeah, I can definitely see that because that's the thing. Like, uh, um, yeah, because Blake said something about how we don't understand really why uh, she lo- loves him. But in his weird way, and the fool even mentions this, he does. Love he her, loves her, yeah. right? And it's it's almost he like he needs her. Uh, we talked about this with, uh, and we it's on fresh in my mind because we just watched it only yesterday in theaters. But remember the scene with uh, the like her like nightmare scene with the boy coming to her on the bridge. Yeah. Yeah. That whole thing where she's reading it one way, but it's really because, you know, he really likes you. That's why he's yep. doing the exact opposite. It's yeah. almost like Zampano... Dude, I was like, thinking that too whenever I watched yeah. Lestrade, yes. actually. Oh, that's yeah. awesome, dude. Yeah, because it is, like, Zampano is... He's a man's man, but he has, like, the emotions of, like, a child like that. Yeah. You know, he doesn't have... Like you said, he doesn't know how to show his emotions. Though, honestly, yeah, the scenes where he chases the fool are hilarious. Like, every scene of that, like... Until the until the last oh, one, yeah. okay, the last yeah, one's like yeah, really that, scary. That, that one too, yeah, but or that but one's just, it, like yeah. when when the when the fool initially pisses him off, like yeah, him yeah. just running around like it's yeah. hilarious, yeah. like <laughs> no, uh, but even the death scene where the fool dies, yeah, it's like a it's a brutal scene because of how long it just stays on it, right? Like that's true. It, it, it see that's where it's very realistic. Like yes. the camera just stays yeah. in one place, and you're just watching. You watch them figure out that he died. Yeah. 
Yeah. No cuts, and then you just watch Zampano Dude, pushing the car, you know, just to hide the body. And whenever everything. I first watched it, like, whenever he, like, kept on walking, I was like, damn, he, like, hit his head pretty hard on that car. Is he okay? Because <laughs> he just has acting fine. I was yeah, like, he okay. Yeah, he acts fine, and then he yeah. stumbles for a second, and he just dies. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, yeah that's, I think that's a big problem with movies today. Like, they never stick with, like, you know. They don't they, have the yeah. lingering camera. Yeah. They're, they're, like, they're not, uh, I don't want to use the word brave, but I can't think of a better word. They're not brave enough to just linger on whatever you're telling yeah. you know they don't want to like they just don't want to oh, yeah. Ross and you, I mean not Ross and you, Fellini's not afraid to hide it no, you know definitely. like uh, especially since he knows how likable he's made the fool throughout yeah. the, the previous scenes yeah. you know and then the fact that they just stumble on him randomly like you think the fool's gone away like you know his, his story's all over almost and then yeah. they just stumble him on him uh, just again randomly almost yeah but, yeah, um, and I like how, like, the fool just doesn't like Zapata just in general. Like, and he never gives a reason why. And she even asks, like, why do you hate him so much? And he's like, I don't even know. It's Well, it's just like, he just hates people kind of like that, it seems yeah. like. Well, it's just like, and that's why maybe you're, maybe you're, like, reading of Zampano of being, like, the, the neorealist people <laughs> kind of makes sense, you know? Like, I don't know, maybe that's fully Or even like a saying, simpler way to read it instead of neorealist is just... A person that doesn't want to break free from tradition. They're stuck yeah, in the yeah. old ways. You know, they don't want to... Yeah, so he's just, like, saying, I don't know why I don't like these people. It's just, like... Well, it's just, like, probably just because they don't want to change or something yeah. like that. And he just... But I just like how he doesn't give a reason for, like, not liking Zampano. The entire movie, like you did say earlier. Yeah. I did read in the Fleeny on Fleeny book, he gave maybe not a reason, but at least uh, maybe one reason why he was interested in Zampano. Uh, the quote is... What interests me about Mad Men is the fact that they're quite independent of all ties, that there's this distance between them and other things. And, I mean, Zapano's always trying to keep these things at a distance, right? Yeah. That's why he's literally moving from town to town, uh-huh. yeah. you know? Like, doesn't want to talk to anyone. Even though, like, it's implied that he's had other women before, uh... No, he's had uh, a sister. Yeah, really so. sister. yeah, 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 exactly. Which, that yeah, in itself exactly. is also another... Yeah, that, yeah. That's another, I feel like, neorealist part of just, yes. like, mother selling the children, so... Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's where Fellini is very neorealistic, right? Yeah. The, the stories are extremely true, it's just he's a little more light-hearted in the way he's yeah. telling it, right? Like, uh, just uh, her character alone is more like, like, she's not taking it as seriously. Yeah, like she doesn't take it as, as bad of a thing as it actually is in real which life. Which is the so. innocence I was talking about. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. she's yeah. almost too innocent to know what's happening to her. Yeah. You know, in some ways, which is a, a good thing for her, right? Because um, I do love, uh, and this is kind of random, but I do love the moments of the movie where she's starting to learn how to play different instruments and stuff. Like, one of the best scenes in the movie is when she plays the trumpet for the nun yeah and she's like oh it's so good and you can tell he's like getting jealous basically yeah. Yeah. Uh, Zampano is like just this girl he got from uh, you know just he just basically paid for is all of a sudden like you know a better artist than him or whatever yeah. he considers <laughs> an art you know but yeah. that's that could be another ring of like the men the men trying to keep the women down in art yeah. because yeah. it is yeah. just what happens yeah so. that's, a good, that's a good point yeah and honestly I, I just love all the performance scenes in this movie I feel like we need yes. to mention that in general mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. Th- those definitely like you can you can Especially tell with those big three, were. those big three we've been mentioning. Oh yeah, the fool and then the two men. I think the duck hunting act was—I I, like that a lot, honestly. The uh, after the chain act, uh, when they're both like the hunters and like. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You get some mining and stuff. Yeah, but uh, I guess I feel like this is a good point yeah, to go to the ending. Um, like, how do you feel? Yeah, do you like the ending? I like it. I definitely so, do like the okay. ending. You know, it. I guess it—it's more. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. I would maybe, say it's more. It's more. I guess it's. I'm, I. I don't know whether it's more traditionally neorealist, but it kind of feels that way. But I don't know what you guys think. I don't know. That's the thing. I don't know how. I don't even know what a firm definition of neorealism is, too. So yeah. Uh, let me see how it makes me feel, though. Anyway, like 
I, it almost changes the movie in a way because you're watching the whole movie thinking, and it probably and it still is in a lot of ways. It's her movie. Yeah, right? yes. it's about her. Yeah. But then the fact that it, the movie ends by her just dying off cam, almost off camera. Yeah, it is off camera. Yeah, her dying off camera years later, yeah. and him finding out it just kind of randomly. Yeah, right, just by hearing the song. Yeah, it makes you think about his perspective on her, the yeah. whole movie through his eyes. And most of the time, you might not even been watching the movie like that. You might have just been watching it as, as a goodbye guy, bad guy movie. Yeah, but the fact that it's you know his guilt uh, on the beach at the end when the camera pans out and the music gets loud and everything and it's yeah. not her like yeah. a typical movie would have ended with her dying yeah right like she she gets abused one last time or something and the, the camera pans out with crescendo music or something yeah but the fact that it ends with him making you think about his perspective on her it it uh it just reframes the movie in a way yeah. i really like yeah honestly yeah i didn't think about it that way but I definitely, what do you think, Blake? About no, that? I actually kind of think of that the same way as you, because it's almost kind of because of the last act that he performs. You can tell it's the same act yes. as yep. the as yeah, the rest, exactly. but it's yeah. also it's the same older. exact same. He looks older and way more tired because yep. he's yep. not he's not wanting to do this anymore. Yep. And like whenever he hears that song, you you think for a second like she's still alive, and like uh, maybe he still has a chance of like maybe yet. he can like re like like speak to her again or like. Like try to get some sort of forgiveness, and then he figures out like no, she's dead. And, like that's what makes the guilt hit, hit like really hard. Then like I actually I did really like the ending a lot in this one, okay. especially since I think it's never said, but I think it's probably implied that he never went and got another woman to perform. His yeah, act, I don't so, know, so, yeah. be his you know assistant yeah. slash wife or whatever. Yeah, I, like it mm-hmm. seems like that's stuck with him. At least kind of it feels implied anyway. I could see if you make the argument the other way. Yeah, I, uh, see, I can see either way, yeah, but yeah. it does feel like that because he doesn't have anyone with him. Yes, so. exactly, and he looks like he looks old, beaten down. Yes. All right. Well, I mean, any any last words? Yes. Uh, what were your thoughts on the ending? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I I, de- yeah, I, I definitely liked it. Okay, like, okay. I I didn't think about it in that way for some reason, but I guess I don't I didn't I didn't think about it as a unique way, but now that you say it in words, honestly. I still like it. I mean, I still liked it before, but honestly, I kind of like it more okay. now when you phrase it in that way, in that perspective. But, yeah. Plus, yeah. this is a good movie to just kind of keep in your back of your head with Fellini as a reference point. Yeah, that's a know? good point. And then yeah. when you're watching, like, in the middle of, like, uh, Fellini's Satyricon, you're like, oh, this is the guy that made the story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'll keep that in the back yeah, of my mind. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so now we go, we're going to go on to tonight's Kabiria. Uh, this was made in 1957, three years, well, came out in 1957, three years after La Strada. And it really, um, as we're going to talk about it, it was the next stage of Fellini getting more towards the surrealism he would get into his career, you know. Um, you can see the leaks starting to form, you know, the, the cracks in, uh, in his style. <laughs> um, but uh, just there, there's not as much background on this one. Uh, Fellini, uh, this wasn't the movie immediately following La Strada, actually. Uh, it was following Il Badone, or English the Swindlers, um, which got a less than stellar critical reception. <laughs> but uh, he made this movie, um, and again, starring his uh, his wife, Julieta Messina. And uh, I'm just going to give my thoughts on this movie. Uh, I think uh, what really makes this movie, as we're going to talk about, is really the ending. Like... Everything in this movie is kind of... It's very episodic, and each of these episodes are just building up, in my opinion, to this crescendo of an ending, which Mm -hmm. is honestly one of my favorite endings from him. Um, I also think it's also interesting, this movie, in contrast with uh, La Strada, is just the Messina's character. um, You know, in La Strada, you know, she exudes innocence, uh, like, you know, innocence and trust. Mm -hmm. Um, While in Knights Kabiri, she's kind of the opposite. Mm -hmm. She's... uh, 
she's already required distrust of the world and and of men in general which has made her like basically have like a self-protective mask Mm -hmm. that she um she lives with in this movie now uh i guess i'm gonna go and ask you guys thoughts on this movie uh it it, i'll I'll say this is definitely one of my favorite Fellini movies and i just love this movie so much uh in general but what do you guys think uh i'll I'll go first uh i also agree this is one of my favorite Fellini movies and it's in the running for my favorite. I don't want to say until we watch all of them again, yeah, obviously. Yeah. So it's definitely in the running, like, um, mainly because of Messina, but just there's a lot of different reasons. Like, I love one of my favorite styles of filmmaking is uh, the episodic film. You know, where yeah. you're not too direct on what you're trying to say story-wise. You're just kind of doing it more episodic, and you're letting the stories kind of tell themselves. Yeah. Um, but this is where I just not necessarily disagree. But you said something about uh, her being more on the side of like you said well Strata was more innocence yeah and this one was more she's like more, she's the opposite she's hardened like, more yes, a mask on. And, yes and I agree with that like on the surface she has that mask but I, I think kind of the movie is about her like she at the end of the day she is kind of she wants to believe so bad right she it's almost like her trying to find something like that and these like certain different like uh, episodes she uh, has throughout the movie is like her trying to you know she wants to believe in the celebrity you know the celebrity that yeah. has a big house she wants to to believe in, uh, like, one of the, not brutal, but one of the most intense scenes in the movie where she yeah. goes through the Mary procession, uh, procession of Mar- for Mary or something. It's some Catholic yeah. procession. Yeah. And all, you see all the women's faces crying and everything, and she's, like, one of them, right? Like, yeah. she wants to believe so bad. But then the next scene is all, all of them outside, and they're just acting like it's normal. And she even yells, like, why is everyone normal? No one's changed, you know? Like, uh, okay. So that's why, like, I see what you're saying. Like, definitely on the surface, she's definitely not, like, uh, um, I guess that's that's the mask. That's the mask. Yes, the mask. Know? Yes, her right. mask in this one is way different. Yeah. But that's why I see them still at this at a deeper level. They're very they're almost more similar, right? Okay. And that's why the ending. Uh, we keep uh, we've already said the ending twice, but that's why we'll, <laughs> we'll, it, get, it, we'll it, get to it. But that's this, why it hits harder to me. Yeah, because they are almost similar characters. Like okay. That, at least. But uh, um, what, what do you think? So okay, yeah, you said well, you love the movie. Yeah, yeah. Did you say your thoughts? I don't remember. Did you say your thoughts? Blake, what do you think? No, so I also really liked the movie, but as I was watching it, because I had never seen this movie before, so as I was watching it, I was like, it's good, but I don't, like, get the insane hype it has, and then the ending happened, I was like, oh, okay, I get it now. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I also kind of disagree, not disagree with your point, but, because I do agree that she is putting on a mask of distrust and all this, but I do think this is another very similar story to La Strada in that it is kind of like a holy fool kind of story, where she is... She's even more of like a tragic character than than um whatever her name is in La Strada. But um like I feel like because because of the fact that she has these life experiences but she still wants to believe in love so bad. Yeah. Like that yeah. like I, where where yeah. you were going, I thought that you were going to say like the hallucination or not the hallucination, but the hypnotism scene. All the, that is, I'm saying all the scenes have yeah. that kind of Yeah, like, but that's that was like the most like intense scene for me is that hypnotism scene because in that scene it's like that's whenever her true feelings come out of like she really does just want to love or deep down there's something she wants to be loved and she wants to love yeah and like so this she does she is like wearing this mask but deep down i do think she is still in state like very innocent because we see Mm -hmm. at the very beginning of the movie she gets her money stolen from her from someone that she wants to love so bad Mm -hmm. yeah and then at the very end of this movie she gets her money stolen from her all of her money stolen from her this time from someone that she wants to love so bad yeah yeah. I mean, and the fact that you mentioned that, we should kind of... We'll just get... We have to talk about the yeah. ending, because, like Blake okay, said, yeah. the whole movie doesn't make sense 
yeah. until uh, or the movie it, makes it, more sense once yes. you yeah. see it. It really makes yeah. yeah it makes um, the movie. It makes I mean, the because movie it, like you said the beginning of the movie in the end of the movie this almost exact same thing happens. Yeah. yeah. But yet you feel very different, right? At the beginning you feel like odd, uh, you yeah. know she's like she's too innocent back. in a dumb way. Yeah. She's too innocent in a dumb way. It, well, it's not even that. It's like it's like she's she's like Fellini's like filming her like she's this shrill, cruel, mean woman. Like yeah. she's because yeah. like she just gets saved from drowning and like yeah. the first yeah. thing she does is yeah. yell at everyone and walk away and like and then, and then not that, thank anyone or anything yeah, like that. Like, yeah. He even pushed her in. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like yeah, she yeah. just doesn't want to believe that yeah. she wants to believe in this yeah. innocent, like yeah. this innocent thing that she like this innocent thing of love that she really wants to believe that that she has with Georgie or whatever. Yeah. But then the ending is exact same thing happening, but her realizing what actually happened. Yes. Yeah. And yet she still, and yet at the very end, obviously, she still realizes, or she still decides, like you said, to believe in love anyway, yeah. right? Like, oh, it's a great scene with her seeing all the people singing and oh, man. just like uh, some, it's probably some some performance going through town or something. I think it was. Honestly, just, I honestly, honestly think it was I, just young people yeah. like in the some, woods. Honestly, <laughs> I thought it was. I thought it was just a figment of her imagination. I'm okay, yeah, that's that's cool. I like that too. Yeah, like, it's definitely more surreal. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah that's yeah, that's the cra- that's some of the cracks I was talking about. You know, that that were forming. You know, yeah. like getting through, slipping through. But, but yeah, we can we should talk about some of the episodes at least. Oh like, yeah, so um, I think the first one was uh, I guess her getting pushed into the water. Yeah. Honestly, I, I love the way you filmed this because like. From what I remember, like it kind of it kind of felt like it was from a long lens how he filmed it, mm-hmm. like kind of like a Kurosawa, like you know, it felt long, yeah, long lens shot, yeah, long lens, yeah, um, and then like the the locals pick her up and you know she gets mad at them and runs <laughs> yeah. home, and yeah. then like uh, I love when you know she she climbs into her house and's like. And the other girl's like, you've known her for, like, she's like, I know he would never push me in. And the girl's like, you've known him for, like, three weeks. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> <a month. laughs> you don't even know his name. Like, <laughs> but, uh, and then I think uh, the next episode is the episode. Well, I wanted or... to mention how that episode ends. Because it, uh, it's something, uh, I like how Blake said it, like, her wanting to believe in love, basically. is kind of, at least how I see uh, the movie in a lot of ways. Yeah. And the episodes are kind of, uh, you know, representations of that. But uh, I noticed, and I don't know. I kind of briefly noticed it this time watching it. There's like two moments in this opening kind of episode um, yeah. where like she's putting on that mask, but you kind of see like almost like this panic of her wanting, uh, like maybe you kind of see this panic of her being scared of being lonely. Yeah. And then the first time is like uh, basically after she, like, remember when she gets really mad at her friend and she tells her to leave? She like yells yeah. at her and she's acting hard, but then when her friends leave, she like has this face of like being scared for a moment. Okay. Like, and then because, and the only time I realized that was because. Uh, shortly after, she takes all her whatever boyfriend, I think boyfriend, her boyfriend's clothes. She yeah. takes all of them yeah. and burns them. Oh, but then yeah. she has this face of like almost panic too while she's burning them. Like, am I really yeah. doing this kind of thing, right? Yeah. And that's yeah. that's what at least to me showed like at least in the opening scene like, it is a mask, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah, the, that, that's when the realization hits. I, would you say that's when the realization hits? You know. That, yes, like, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. She's realizing what she's doing, you know, like. Yeah. Like, uh, and she is scared of being alone, even if she like to the outside people just see her as a hard shelled person. Yeah. You know? Okay. Um, yeah, we can move on. Yeah, here. so, and the next one is uh, when, this the episode where she gets picked up by the Italian actor, which honestly, other than the ending episode, this might be my favorite episode. Oh, okay. So why, why is that? Like, um, Honestly, I just I just love the way he, uh, the whole interaction works with the actor. It's like, got this dream yeah, quality to Yeah, the, the dream quality, and, uh, okay, I, was, I, I forgot, I wanted to mention this. The first time you guys were watching it, at what point did you realize she was a prostitute? Because it took. Oh, me... I recognized it like almost like okay. whenever she met Wanda, I was like, oh, okay, like or, <laughs> like whenever I saw where she yes. lived, I, I kind of got the feel like okay, because okay. she has a lot of money. Yes. Or and I kind of realized it when 
it's so, uh, when they sa- a- when they save her from the river and everything. Uh, yeah. From drowning, and yeah. she's running off, and one of the old guys like yells like, "Who is she?" And one of the kids is like, "She lives the life." Yeah, and, like okay. that's basically like them saying. But then, oh, like yeah. the scene where she's with all the women is like the, the on the street where yeah. she's with all that's the women the on the street scene. is the okay. main scene where I was like, oh, "Okay, yeah, she okay. is. She is a prostitute." Because fun fact, it took me until she got into the rich Dude. guy's house, and I was like, oh, "What? Yeah. What is going? <laughs> what, what is going on? You were too what, young. You were too what, young. What, and what, why? Why this girl like just get into her car? Get into this guy's car and like." I was just so confused. I, was, I, th- I thought the me- meeting of all the prostitutes was just like, oh, his friends hanging out or something. Yeah. I was like, I was you just. Were conf- too I was so confused. I was like, okay, I'm gonna look this up, and then, oh, okay, she's a oh. prostitute. <laughs> and we'll have to take a note of that scene, of that scene, the scene you're mentioning, uh, for when uh, Armacord comes, because yeah, it has a very similar vibe to Gradis- uh, the Gradiska scene or Gradiska. I've got her. I don't want to say her name, but. You know what I'm talking about. The, the, the desirable girl. Yes, the desirable girl. Okay. I remember her, the way she got her name in on record. Okay. Has a very similar. Yeah, yeah, Very yeah. similar story, so. Um, yeah, just keep, when I, when I bring it up in uh, on record, I like, <laughs> yeah, refer back. Yeah, refer back. But, uh, so yeah, she, she's like, uh, so I guess that scene unfolds, she sees, uh, well, she, she, she gets away from that fight. She gets in the fight, and then yeah, her yeah, friends yeah. drive her away, and then she's kind of wandering around. And then she sees uh, this Italian actor kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a director, right? I think he's a director. I, think he's an actor. Oh, I he's thought he was a director, actor? to be honest. Cause, okay. Uh, I'm pretty sure he was. Maybe he was an actor. I can't remember anymore. I think he was a. I'm, okay, I'm just gonna Either say way, he's a celebrity. I'm, yeah, a celebrity. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but uh, he um, he gets in a fight with his girlfriend. You know, beautiful woman, you mm-hmm. know, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, she she storms away and like uh, you know. Uh, He's like, oh, it's over, and then she, he sees her, and then she kind of gestures her into the car. And this scene, it doesn't have a lot of dialogue. It's just like, mm-hmm. it's very like, I don't even know how to explain it. I like, mean, it's kind of like, and this is where like her being a prostitute makes sense. It's almost like everything's implied. That's true. Yeah. yeah. And then I guess she brings her to the nightclub, and I, I love uh, how she like, uh, she's like, oh, look who I'm with, you know? Like she's like, she, he, she's now like, uh, like comfortable, comfortable yeah, enough yeah. to like flaunt him, you know, yeah, basically yeah, yeah. like show him off, like that she's with him. And then when they're driving away, she's, like, yelling at the girls she got in a fight with. Like, look who I'm with. Uh, no, because uh, it's really funny when they're actually in the house together. And she's like, no one's going to no one's gonna believe me. They only think I make everything up. We yeah, just, like, yeah. at least sign something, you know, to prove that I was here. Yeah. <laughs> and then she gets locked in the bathroom. <laughs> yep, yep. Cause... And I love, how, uh, I love how that scene ends because it's, like, you know, it's, it's basically, like, her dream ending in reality. Yeah. Right, like you're not supposed to be here. This is what how it's supposed to be. And she's watching through the peephole, and it's playing like the classic melodrama music oh, yeah. where like uh, the yeah. lovers get together. But it's like it 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 hangs on her face where she's like just. <laughs> no, see, it's, this it's, is it's this funny. is why it was one of my one of my favorite episodes also because it brings home the the thing of like she wants to believe so hard yes. in love, but it can't and like it she and one of the reasons she does believe in love is because everyone else can find it but her. Yeah. yeah. And she get that and you get that in this scene That's completely fair. because like, this is like the first scene where she where the person that she could see herself finding love with or something like that maybe would or i don't know maybe something she's like dreaming that. of that dreaming of yeah, that yeah. yes is the better word but like he reconciles with his girlfriend and like they're they're back in yeah, love yeah. you know like yeah. so she's losing it it's, like, it's least, just like it's just like another anyway, thing of her going like it could happen for everyone but not me yeah well at least yeah, yeah she that type of love is not available yeah her. because like that hits home also in like the the uh hypnotism scenes where she's like why can't why why not me or something like that. I'm pretty sure in the in the in the hypnotism scene she always keeps, she keeps on saying why not me why can't I be loved or something yeah, like yeah, that yeah. or maybe that was at the very end also but okay, <laughs> whenever okay. she was yelling at the guy but okay, All right. okay. um so yeah uh, also super think... cute dog in that scene 
Okay, yeah. The little puppy in the in the, in the bathroom for some oh, reason. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's also got a shit ton of dogs in that house for some reason. Which is just kind of a weird... If you're rich, what? It's just kind of a weird character decision. If you're rich, would you not have... I mean, he's like, not taking like, care like, of them. Like, no, he's not. If, if you were rich, would you not have ten dogs? I mean, just walk them I mean it, was just, it was just funny because she's walking up the stairs, and then the dog runs down, and she's like, there's another one. <laughs> and I was like, that's Oh, funny. he rich, rich. Oh, he rich, rich. But, uh, and then I think the next episode is kind of, I think it's the shortest one. It's, uh, where she, she's hanging out with them and they, she, they see the church procession thing mm-hmm. in the street and then, like, I think her friends are mocking it and then she's, like, kind of drawn to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I guess kind of sets it up for the next, the other episode when they actually go to the church Catholic yeah, yeah. Pre- this sets that one procession. Yeah. And then she gets picked up by the truck driver, um, and then Because um, I think that leads to one of my favorite episodes is, uh... Uh, when she sees all those people living in the caves and it's the yeah, guy, yeah. the motorcycle that comes and helps them, you know, and she yeah. doesn't know why and everything, and she wants to follow him. It's yeah. Like what? Because uh, it has that moment where that she sees a woman she recognizes. She's like, "What is she doing here?" Like, yeah. and the woman's all she can talk about is how she used to have all this money, um, and she you never would have believed that I would have been here. And that's that she kind of used thing. to be a prostitute too, is how I read it. Oh, okay. Like that's that's at least like I think that's where she knew her. That from. would make sense. And like that's I, where I she got all like her that. money from. Oh. Now she's old, so she can't get. She yeah, doesn't yeah. get. She like cause she lost her income because she's yeah, old. I can see that. So like that's that's at least what I thought. Like she was a like that like she's kind of looking at her future almost. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like if yeah. she doesn't find love or something. I can definitely see that. It, just it, would, kinda, it would make sense that they knew each other like that. Yeah. Okay. I just thought it was that's more like I it, it saw it was a woman that had everything and I've lost. Yeah. But then that leads to the yeah the procession scene. Yes, uh, right. and then uh, uh, she she pleads basically the Virgin Mary for a better life. Yes, um, um in in a great and uh, we keep seeing saying this word but quote unquote new realistic scene. Yeah, where it literally hangs on the faces of all the women crying, and oh, it yeah. feels like they're he's actually Kabiri is just one of them. You know, yeah. like they all film it, filming a. Uh, I don't know what it is, but it's like some kind of procession, religious procession going on. Yeah, you know. Um, and uh, and she, she and then when they get out, she's like asking like why why haven't your lives changed? You know like how do you yes, know, how do you not yes. find his life changing or anything? And uh, basically, all these episodes are pointing towards like she's looking for some like things. She's looking for that love that will sustain almost. Yeah, you know. Um, and it, uh, she keeps getting let down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then I guess here comes the ma- uh, the hypnotism. You know the magic show scene. I can't remember how does she stumble upon the. She went with Brenda, I think. Didn't she go with Wanda? I, don't I, I, I thought so. she went by herself. I thought maybe? she went by herself, and she. I remember she was like mad or something. I'm pretty sure. No, because that's yeah, she goes after she's mad at her friends. Okay. Not wanting, like you said, she, they don't want to change and everything. Oh, okay. She, oh, she, she's expecting everyone to be different after that. You know, everyone like just yeah. cried and everything at the church. Yeah. And they're, she's expecting them all to be different, and they're all yeah. the same. Yeah. You know? And I think the the this magic show scene is honestly one of the most interesting. It is. It is. It is. Yeah. Like, Especially you know knowing who Fleeny is. How yeah. he's, he's gonna love the dream world and the, fan, the world and, of fantasy. Yeah, the, the magic, magic show, like, visuals were, like, crazy to me. Like, and that actor, the guy that plays uh, the magician, he's, like, so creepy, um, yeah, but also good at being, like, he looks like he, a devil. He seems like a sleazy kind of magician. He looks guy, like yeah. he looks like a devil for sure. Or yeah. he looks like he looks like someone that if he put you that if he put her under a hypnotism that he'd make her take her clothes off or something like that'd be. Something. Oh, okay. I'm glad he didn't do that. No, I know. No, that's, no, like, that's, the type of, that's the type of that's the type of sleaziness he kind of uh, like, like exudes. Uh, I don't know so. what it was like in her shoes, but just being like, let's say you get picked for one of those shows, okay, and you yeah. go up there. And you're like, okay, it can't be that bad. You know, he's going to oh, maybe yeah. put my hand up or something. But then uh, you're watching him do with all the guys. And they're, like, doing all this crazy shit. They're, like, rolling a bow and stuff. Oh, and all yeah. of a sudden they're, they're acting like they're drowning. And you're like, 
like he's like controlling all these people, and then he's leaving you for like by yourself. Oh yeah. You know, like like what? Like why can't I have a group of people? You know, like yeah. What are you gonna do to me then? Damn. Oh, and it actually yeah. happens. Like yeah. it. Uh, it's an amazing scene too, because like, it's like a version of her that we would not have seen unless we got to that hypnotism. Yeah. You yeah. know, so like it's showing us a side of her that even she doesn't want to see, basically. Yeah. Yes. You know? She shows, definitely shows the love that she's looking for. Yes, like, yes. Uh, no, yeah. she definitely doesn't want to see yeah. it. Like, that's, that's the thing she's been masking and pushing down so hard. But what she's also trying life. to find deep down, right? Yes. Like, where she can have that kind, yeah. be yeah. that kind of person again, almost. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you were saying that this is her version of hell or something, so... Well, what I was kind of seeing, it was like, I was kind of seeing as a... I saw the celebrity uh, with the, the main guy at the beginning, like, at least her dream idea of heaven, right? Yeah. And that gets crushed. And then purgatory was like the woman that's in the cave who says she used to be rich and now she doesn't have anything and they they literally kind of look like you know it looks like a hellish kind of a place yeah oh yeah but then yeah, this is her true sure. hell right where it's like it's being revealed about what her deep thoughts are and yeah. literally the guy wearing a devil yeah, costume, devil costume yeah. you know and it's yeah. kind of filmed very creepily even though it's it still has a realistic play uh, or a It's very realistic, vibe, but, yeah. and I do like how at the very end, like, whenever... I do think that the magician, he goes from sleazy to, like, at the very end realizing he might have gone too far. Because, like, whenever she starts to, like, really reveal her, like, innermost stuff, like, I think the magician's face, you kind of see him, like, change a little bit. Like, whenever she starts, like, saying some of the stuff she starts saying, his face kind of, like, goes, like... Like maybe I should like stop this so she doesn't yeah. like get too embarrassed or something. Like I need to go back and watch that. I need. To... I feel like I saw. I feel like I saw that in his face and one other reaction, like a quick reaction shot. Yeah. But okay. no, I just really like. I really yeah. that was my one of my favorite. Especially scenes, yeah, so. uh, and the way it's filmed too, because like we mentioned limelight uh, yeah. before the podcast, yeah. and uh, especially with this scene because um, the way the initial uh, show magic show is shut up is it's filmed like a normal, you're watching the stage, right? Like, yeah. you're an audience member. And you can hear all the loud crowd noise and everything. But mm-hmm. then all of a sudden, when she gets hypnotized, the camera flips to, like, the like I'm saying, the lim- limelight shot, where you see just the single light source coming on her. Okay. It's all dark background. Yeah. All you hear on the soundtrack is his voice and some slight music, like okay. some light music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it makes, it all of a sudden, like, makes you feel hypnotized with her, right? Because yeah. like, okay, he's been yeah. emphasizing all the crowd noise and everything that whole time. And that sudden shift, like, it just all, it just gets yeah. you into it's, that. It's quiet. It's you know it's it's off putting because it's quiet. Yes, yeah, it's quiet. Sudden, and, and, and his yeah. and his voice. Like I was saying, the actor's voice is amazing and like kind of like getting you into that feeling of yeah. you know being hypnotized. Yeah. Okay. Um. And then I guess that leads to her meeting Oscar, which yes, is. Yeah. Uh, now I, I wanted to ask you guys: Do you think Oscar wanted to rob her all along, or was it? Do you think it was when uh she he saw the money? Which one do you think? I think the money, him seeing the money, was the representation of the fact that that couldn't, that relationship couldn't have lasted. Okay. Because like, uh, it's that scene is so interesting because, or this episode is so interesting because it's almost like Oscar had this idea of saving an innocent soul kind of thing in his yeah. head. It was like a fantasy, right? He never thought of like the actual idea of saving a real person, right? Yeah. Who got a lot of money from being a prostitute. He never yeah. saw that side. He never wanted to know, right? Yeah. But the, and then but then after he's sitting at the table with her and she's like still wanting to discuss her past life, you know, he wants she wants to, you know, be be close with him like that. Yeah. He doesn't want to know anything about that, right? And he realizes like I don't know if he realizes it, but how I see it is that's when he realizes like he couldn't do this for the long term, you know, he okay. has to get out. Right. Yeah. At least that's how I see it. Yeah. I don't know how you guys I, I initially it. actually when I first watched it I thought he had the plan all along. But then when I rewatched oh, it I was really? like I don't know. I mean, it's it's kind of it's kind of hard. It's like he, 
He's when not. When does he first see the money? Is it at the dinner? It's at the dinner. Okay, yeah. so like yeah, that, because up to that point, I honestly thought this was just a real relationship. Like I oh, thought really? he was. I oh, thought it, he was it, just it gets trying. You for sure. yeah, no, I thought I thought he was like actually trying to have a real relationship with yeah. her. Mm-hmm. And that's why the ending no, like that's, hits that's so what hard. I was honestly, is, I was like, damn. To me, he is trying. Right? Yeah. But to me, I just don't, I don't think he understands everything that's coming that comes with that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He's trying to see it as oh, I'm a good not a good person, but he's he's a good heart. He has a good heart. He's trying to save a, a person. From their situation, yeah. right? But at least in my opinion, he doesn't see everything that comes with. Yeah. You know, like yeah. what it would truly take to love, to love someone like that. You know, to, as they are. I mean, like you're at that point, or at least where she is in this movie, she's definitely a broken woman at that point, or she still is. Like, that's at least how I think Fellini would see her. Is like she's kind of a broken woman. That's why she wants to talk with him about it, or to to him about it, because she just needs someone to like understand, kind of like yeah. why she yeah. had to do it. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Like she doesn't have that, and he like, doesn't want that. Right? And he doesn't and want that. More important yeah. is he doesn't want to know that side of her. Yeah, right? he wants yeah. her to be. He has this oh, idealized maybe, version of her in his yes, head. So. Like he wants her to be like, oh yeah, you had that bad life, but now you're this person. Yeah, right? and she, yeah. even though she knows that this is a better life for her, she doesn't want to give up everything she was. Right? She's even to some degree, I don't think she necessarily regrets her life. Right? Because not necessarily. Uh, she. That's the only be, thing she, she could was, do. It, only thing she could do to yeah. be independent. Right, yeah. uh, like she says, I don't want to rely on pigs or like men, yeah, basically yeah. in that one scene. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, because it is a theme that comes out through the movies, like why aren't you married? You know. Like, well, I mean, yeah. like was like she said that she's sixteen whenever both of her parents died. Like, what are you supposed to do at that point? Especially that, yeah. in that if time you're a woman, period, so. that time period. Yeah, for sure. yeah. yeah. Right. I think that. Leads... Oh, what about, did you give your? Uh, what did you think of him? Like, oh, I said yeah when I initially watched. I thought uh, he had the plan all. Yeah, along. he had the plan all along, yeah, but yeah. rewatching yeah, yeah. him, I'm like maybe not. Especially seeing his face change when he sees the money for the first time. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, he becomes, he becomes more distant, yeah. which we're about to talk about. Because uh, this leads to the scene. Yeah. Or, yeah, just the moment in this movie. Which, honestly, is just... I mean, everything about it is just... I just love. Because they, they, they walk out to the thing and just... First off, the the view off that cliff... So something good. about that. What what he did there. What, or Flynn, or, I don't know. Who, the, who was the cinematographer? The lighting, the who was the cinematographer on this? I need to shout him out. He's probably dead, but he's um, probably dead. <laughs> shout out. Still shout him out. Yeah, Aldo yeah, yeah. Tonti, I found it. Okay, was Aldo Tonti. Aldo Tonti. He did. Oh, Europa Fifty One. Okay. He yeah. did some Ross Lane movies. Shout out oh, to that. Oh my gosh, he's Mother India. Oh damn. Uh, okay. Or India Mother India. Um, okay, okay. But okay. I just the way, yeah, the light, the lighting, it just it hits different in that scene, and uh, I might be wrong, uh, but the way the camera is in that scene. He, it stays in the same spot and except for when he does the close-up on his eyes, right? Is that the only cut he makes in that? With him? Uh, oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, when, when it's the cut... only extreme... It's only very close-up shot. You yeah, can, but like yeah, most... The other top spots, he's mostly just using the establishing. You yeah, know, the wide, like, or like medium mostly, shots. Kind of. yeah. he, he's, he, he pulls the camera to a distance when Oscar is feeling distant, I feel yeah, like. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like we already talked or about... Or her real... Like, her slow realization. Oh, yeah, that was... Um, yeah. Oh, this is... Like, it just... It's such a brutal movie, even for the movie watcher, right? Because yeah, you're like, yeah. oh, she's finally found happiness. But then when you're starting to realize, yeah, like, you're, you're, like, you're just like, seeing it's beginning. This is basically well, the beginning. Like you're literally well, I mean, thinking, once, like, oh my gosh. Well, once I again. saw her, like once I saw the money, like once I saw her sh- show that money, yeah, like yeah. you could see his face change a little yeah, bit for yeah. sure. And then she just got four hundred thousand yeah. dollars. I was like, and he's like, let's go to, to the yeah, let's go, let's go. Four hundred thousand liars. So liars. I think that's. Yeah. I don't think they're. It's the same value as a dollar. But no, anyway, yeah, your point stands. It's a lot for. It's a lot of money. Yeah. Okay. Four. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But uh, like at that point, I I, I started getting nervous. That was, was like, a hint. Oh. Yeah, you get nervous, but you're yeah. like, okay, maybe they'll play it. Yeah. You know, like maybe. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like. 
Um, I was still hopeful, but yeah. <laughs> but then uh, they were walking through the woods. I was yeah, like, oh, yeah. yeah. And then, I was like, I've seen too many Hitchcock movies to know what happens, <laughs> what happens next. Yeah. And honestly, yeah, honestly, and uh, I think we talked about this early, but uh, the fact that she just gives her purse to her, she just submits yeah. to it, just yeah. makes it more impactful. Yeah. It does, you know. It, it, like imagine if Fleen just had him push her off the cliff, like that, that wouldn't have that's the same why, impact. That's yeah, why, yeah, yeah. And, and like in some ways, he like at least it shows to me like he's even too much of a coward for that. Yeah, like he yeah. like like the same way as he wanted to love so much to where he could ignore that, he's not even able to hate that much. Yeah, right? he's almost just like a coward. Like he's just gonna take the money and run. You know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like Judas Iscariot almost. Like it's a weird way to put it, but yeah, it's kind of like that kind of character. Okay, but uh, and then well, it's just like I honestly think it's like not even not even that part. I think maybe he sees her at that moment, like right then, as a as like that's the first moment he actually sees her as like the real per- a real person. Yes, is whenever she breaks okay. down like that because like. Whenever she breaks down like that, I I was I was feeling it too, and then like, he's like, I don't want to kill you or and stuff like mm-hmm. that. He's just saying yeah. like, I don't want to kill you, mm-hmm. and it's just he just wants the money. At the mm-hmm. point. I yeah. don't know. But uh, and uh, what you said about her be- when he realizes she's a real woman for yeah. the first time, it's a really good way because, but like I like I've been trying to say at least like he's had this idealized image yeah. of her in his mind, right? It's not actually been her. It's been almost these ideas of oh if i save a woman that's uh, a prostitute you know i'll be a good person yeah you know like i have this kind of love but then like you said he realizes she's a real woman and that's when you know he yeah can't handle she's it like she's just pouring out her entire yes. soul to yeah. him that moment yeah. and like because she's even if realizing, you're she's, she doesn't want to believe what's happening yes happening. she doesn't yeah. oh definitely yes. not yeah. like she like this is her worst nightmare so like well. <laughs> that's her worst nightmare yeah. what's happening right now it's what i mean it's, it is the exact same thing as what happened at the beginning of the movie except it's bigger because she has all of her money and it's actually off and, the cliff this yeah. time but and for the audience it's the end of the movie it's not yeah. supposed to be happening right it's supposed yeah. to be yeah. a good ending you know yeah, yeah. and then i guess honestly uh and then uh of course we get to the part where she's walking down the road tears are in her eyes you know yeah. honestly the thing it kind of looks like a i forget what would you call the thing on her teardrop yeah, like the way it looks, uh, it's like a, it's like clown makeup. I think yeah. I saw. Something. No, yeah, it's mascara. Yeah, oh, mascara. Yeah, it kind, it kind of looks like that clown makeup. Yeah, yeah. Which I thought was but really like, interesting. Yeah. And then I it think does. Audrey Bazin has that quote about her uh, being like Chaplin, the first one when she turns and looks at the cam- uh, glances at the camera. Yep. It's uh, he said no one's enough. Closest to Chaplin. Yeah, closest to the Chaplin. Yeah, Chaplin, Chaplin. That, which is honestly amazing. It's, it's that moment, uh, and I think Bazin kind of says it. It's like that moment where the tramp becomes like very relatable like when the tramp literally looks at the camera or something yeah you know like they make that co- connection directly with the audience and that connection has been there the whole time yeah but when the character itself almost feels like they're connected like they're looking directly at you almost it feels like almost complete in some ways yeah they're making that connection yeah. and then yeah it's just it's... especially since it uh sorry i don't want to interrupt but yeah, it's like uh that connection to me is like her realizing that she still has to move on like almost like she still has that kind of belief in her which, okay. uh, of the, of love, right? She's gonna move forward almost, and yeah. the way the reason for I, that yes. is the people around her, including the audience member. You know, when she looks yeah. back, okay, like, yeah. that's I, yeah. part of the reason why she's moving on. I like yeah. your reading on that I because I do. I, I didn't. I didn't actually know how to read. Like, like I don't even know if that's if that's like even the reading. For I mean, it's open. Out, it's open. It is definitely open. Right? But like yeah. that that ending, like I just liked how he didn't kill her at the end because yeah, at oh, a yes. certain point, like if it was me, and that happened to me again. Like, I might have just thrown myself off the cliff, too. <laughs> yeah. Like, because you've lost everything at that point. Yeah. It's very easy if you're that depressed no, you're right. to just throw your life away. And, uh, no. and just uh, just the whim, at, at a whim. Just yeah. because, like, you're not in your right state of mind. So I just like how he didn't do that. 
no, and how he brought her out to this. But that, but like almost she has to survive. Like the whole movie has been about her survival. Yeah. Right. Like you said, her parents died at sixteen. She's yeah. been going through things. Like if you see it as almost just another episode. Yeah. It's just like oh she got back up from it. You know. Yep. It's just like when you're watching the movie as like when you're hoping for the happy ending, it feels like really brutal. Yeah. And it is brutal. But yeah. for her, like, her character can get through it when a classic movie character would not be able to get through something. Like that. Yeah. They might just jump off the cliff. And that's, you know? that's kind of why I think it. I'm, I'm, I think it's kind of not real, like the parade stuff. It's like it's basically her, her like yeah, basically her mind at that point. It's like know? her mind coming up with a reason to move on. Yeah, that yeah, that that's a good way to say it. Um, and it, I, I, it's also hard to believe that a whole circus would just randomly show up. I don't think it's a. I honestly, honestly, like if a, it wasn't, I love, a, I love all the words you're using because like it can just describe Fellini's movies in the future. Yeah, like, I love yeah. the random circus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like the spoiler alert, but oh, um, spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, that's the that's one of my favorite parts. He just he just loves to he just loves performance. You yes, know? I honestly yeah. just thought it was like kind of like the those not not friends but the people that that came to the prostitutes on the street. Like I just thought it was another group of those type of people or just like young people, just like people that are alive. Yeah. Like just okay. living, like yeah. living, yeah. you know, like just showing that like youthful like vigor to like want to live, mm-hmm. okay. that want to live. Like yeah. I, I just yeah. like how he showed that. For sure. Yeah, yeah. No, like I don't, I don't know what it is. I think I thought it was just like friends playing music together. But, but at the same time, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't really. Yeah, matter. Like, that's it gets the, the, that's point the bigger across. point, and that's it what gets the point uh, yeah. later movies are definitely going to show, right? It's oh like, yeah. It doesn't matter if it's happening in someone's head or in Fellini's head or if it's actually yeah. a documentary or something. As long as it's happening. Yes, yes. And it feels and it's real. Yeah. Realistic. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that's a good yeah. way to leave. Well, I mean, we'll, we need to ask the question. Yeah. Wh- who, which Giolet and Messina performance is better, Lestrada or Knights of Gabiria? To be fair, we just came off like talking about how amazing the ending is of. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. Of and, <laughs> Get up there. Uh, like her face alone carrying that ending. Yeah. You know. Uh, that's what just I would tough. say for Lestrada though too is that her face carries that entire performance because she's not as vocally expressive but her face is as expressive as oh, anything no, that's what i was yeah. saying yeah. So, and that's yeah. why it's like it's almost like for if you're just judging julietta messina alone you kind of have to take both movies uh, it's like she's showing her whole range yeah that's, that's you know and I, you know how i mentioned how she started uh, at least that how they met was she was a voice actor you know yeah. just like she basically could do it all kind of actress right okay. and it's like like you said on the surface it does seem like they're totally opposite characters yeah estrada and uh, knights of Maria, right but like at the same time, in some ways, the way they're similar is because of Julia Messina and her expressions playing both characters. Yeah. You know, but I guess just because I like Nancy Cabrera more, I yeah. probably think Nancy Cabrera. I'm, I'm the same. It's, it's a more fun. It feels more powerful movie. to me. Okay. Her, her performance, Nancy Cabrera. Yeah. Um, and honestly, interesting perspective for me on Messina. When I think of Messina, the first thing I think about isn't her like you know her facial expressions. It's her voice. Oh, which okay. I think is interesting, yeah. but I mean, that definitely her voice, her voice acting, is what, yeah, yeah. And, which I think attributes to me thinking her. She has a like a, a strong voice. Oh, definitely. Like yeah. a, I think that's a lot of. I think it's just Italian thing yeah. mainly, but that's definitely uh, her thing, really. Uh, but even though I don't get that much with Mastroianni, not nearly as much. He kind of seems more of like he, a watcher, he, you know? Like oh, he's yeah, he's, everything that's he's more smooth. You know, yeah, but like, he's like almost kind of just you know watching like. And but, we'll, we'll definitely work on that. He's a legendary actor. Oh yeah, yeah. He's one of my favorite actors too. Like we'll get into that. And we'll definitely talk about it at the end of the series, but oh, yeah, uh, I mean, but yeah, next episode's basically the Mastrioni episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but like um, you didn't pick, did you? Yeah, did you pick? I think I like Lestrade's performance slightly more, just because I I want to say she shows a little more range in Lestrade. Not not 
Uh, that might be... I don't know. That might not be the right phrase. That's what I'm saying. You have but to combine the like, movies. And if you combine the movies, she's like showing her whole spectrum. Yeah. Right I just like how after... It's like two different characters before Zempato kills the fool. Like, she plays two completely different characters. I will say and that. I do like how there's that one morning in La Strada where she reverts back to normal. And then Zampano starts talking about the fool again. And then she resorts back to like being... Like out of her mind, kind of yeah, like she's yeah. broken. I, I don't yeah. know. I just really like that performance a lot. So, and I yeah. will say with her Lestrade, like not trying to raise or anything, like you do see more of a growth in that character, right? Like, yeah. At least in some ways, like at least she's growing as an artist. She's kind of she's becoming more she's becoming more intelligent, self aware about, her, yeah. about yeah. her situation, what's yeah. going on, you know. Um, and in, in Nights of Caberia, it's almost the movie's almost about the exact opposite. Like she's, Caberia uh, survives the same way as she always has, right? With that kind of love for people and yeah. that kind of wanting to believe in love, you know. Okay. But at the end of the day, it's you know we're picking hairs. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, they're, they're both amazing. They're, they're both like great. some like the, the like it's crazy. Like if you I've seen some like uh, like top one hundred movie actresses of all time, but like pretty you know uh, respected outlets, and like all she's always like top fifteen, top twenty, oh, okay. and she has such uh these two carry these two movies basically carry her reputation like. Mostly. As they should. As they yeah, should. Like, that that she she's so good in both these movies that people are like, oh yeah, she's one Those of the two actresses. Yeah, of all yeah time. She, she doesn't have a huge film career. Oh yeah, she. Remember, like, uh, she most of her movies are with Fellini, and she's not oh, even yeah. in uh, too many of them. Like she's she's in like probably five, six, seven. Oh, she's in Paisan and Europa Fifty One, but I actually remember she's in some Ross Lane movies. Okay, I, I haven't seen those movies though, so. But no, I do remember Europa Fifty One. She's good in that. But um, yeah, she, to your point, she's not in that many movies. Yeah, and she still is considered like one of the greatest actors of all time for good reason, and. Because these two movies, so... And for a reason that an actor should be. It's, like, literally her expressions, right? Yeah. Like, the stuff that even a director can't control, right? It's yeah. Like, like, a director... Like, at the end of the day, a director still has to cast great actors um, yeah. to let them, you know, do their thing, especially yeah. in movies like this. I mean, just just off-topic, only yesterday, one of the best scenes in that is whenever she learns that, <laughs> like, how to act, basically. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> because that, that's kind of just what you're talking about. Yep. <laughs> like, just yeah. the expressions. Like, actors can do so much yeah. more, like... With their expressions, then then the director can, can like they can't control that part. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, that's yeah. the that's the type of stuff you can actually yeah. control. Yeah. yeah, You really just wanted to throw in the ball. Oh yeah, for sure. Want, I mean, we, hey, we got two. Who saw two only yesterday references in a Fellini episode coming? <laughs> exactly. I, I mentioned it earlier too. Wait, what? With, yeah, he uh, mentioned it earlier. That's one I, reason why I brought it up again. Because I mentioned the dream scene in uh, Only Yesterday, her like nightmare scene with the boyfriend on the bridge. Uh, yeah. Oh, on the bridge. Yeah, the, if you go back in the episode, you'll, you'll okay. It was, yeah. it, was back back. The, it was back in the episode whenever he was comparing like the two different like viewings, basically of like a situation. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I honestly I don't know why I can't remember this, but <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna Luke wrap wasn't this listening up. to it's me. It's in there. It's in there somewhere okay. in this. Yeah, I'll, I'll look back at it. Who cares? Honestly. But, uh, we, you should yeah. go we introduce uh, what we're doing next. Yeah, next week. week is a big one because we have like the two, I should say. Biggest scale, maybe. These are the Fellini movies. These, yeah, these are the Fellini movies, in my opinion too. Like, it's popular opinion, but these are my two favorite Fellini movies, and two, two of my favorite movies of all time. Damn, too basic. So, You're so too basic. basic. Yeah, <laughs> at least but, pick a hot, you know, pick a bro, low, low B movie. People who, like, who if you say eight and a half, loving eight and a half is not basic, no matter what everyone says, because that movie is, holy shit. Okay, uh, we're we're gonna get into next week though. Uh, so, okay, I don't think I've really said the movies. Uh, La Dolce Vita. And eight and a half. Uh, this is gonna be our like transition period. What 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 did that? What would you say it was called? This is a one? more uh, at least a uh, quote from a book I was reading on Fellini. This is his more uh, uh, representation. Representation, period, yeah. Right. 
and uh, um, they considered the two movies you just did more of as neorealistic or realistic. Gotcha. Really, really. So, so. I, I, we'll probably call it transition or representation, whatever, yeah, yeah. whatever we call yeah, it. Yeah. Um, uh, either way, it's just. Uh, and I'm just excited for Blake to see these two because you haven't seen. No, I haven't seen it. So Blake will get to see this uh, transition for the first no, yeah, time. No, yeah, I'll reiterate. The only two movies I'd seen <laughs> were his were his documentary, The Clowns, <laughs> and his last movie, Dude, Voices the, from the, the, the Voices Clowns of the Moon. Kind of, or something. It, it's kind of a good representation. I like I like The Clowns yeah. a lot. So. I did like but, The Clowns a lot. So you kind of, you have a taste, but oh, he does. Oh no, Voices Voices of the Moon. I think I'm going to like on. Well, maybe I don't know. Maybe it's just a bad Fellini movie, but it was. I think crazy, you'll you'll so. you'll like okay. at least more. I'll understand get... it more. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How he got to that point. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I just remember watching that movie and there was something that happened and I was like, what the fuck is even going on? <laughs> I mean, well, dude, was imagine, that like a random like circus? Imagine. <laughs> yes, it was a random something that popped up and I was okay. like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> dude, imagine if you had watched Limelight as your first Chaplin movie. Yeah, that would that would be weird. Like sure. a lot of yeah. movies, later movies are like that. It's like you kind of have to understand how he got there first. Oh yeah, yeah. like like if, yeah. Imagine watching Ginger and Fred without seeing yeah, Marcelo yeah, or exactly. Juliet in that movie. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness, but but yeah, no. So we're watching the the Fleeting movies next week. Yeah, tune in. Tune in. Uh, so we'll see you guys later in the and... class. <laughs> got it. Got it. <laughs> <me> something. <laughs>